Well, hello and welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. Defeat the Chaos is a show about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, whether you're looking for direction on how to be more successful or if you're looking for somebody to share in the struggle, this show is for you. And I suspect today Cheryl and I are going to be on the struggle bus a little bit. And you got it. Cheryl is our guest co-host once again today. And this week, she is taking charge. I am taking over. Yes, she is actually going to interview me. That's coming up after the first break. So she's going to talk to me about the significant changes happening in my world. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a I don't have a fucking clue what she's going to ask me. So she might make me cry. I don't know. excuse me. Um, But anyway, that'll happen after the um, first break. And I do want to say this one very important thing before we go any further. Okay. Cheryl, Cheryl, I I just want to thank you for being so amazing these past few weeks and jumping on and helping me pull off this show and be on grateful for you. And I I really want to make sure that I say that publicly and that just everyone knows how amazing you've been and you've just literally like slid in and helped me tremendously and i would be an absolute asshole if i did not say that out loud julie you first of all you never have to thank me because that's what friends do and and secondly i mean even even if we weren't as close of friends as we are and have known each other forever i would probably still jump in to help you well okay Maybe not. Maybe not. I wouldn't do this for just anybody, but for you, because I want you to win just as badly as you want me and and everybody else to win. That's that's the way you operate. And it's the way I operate. It's just it's what we do. And, you know, you've you've helped me through some pretty uh, some pretty down times and some pretty significant changes in my world. It's the least I can do. That's what friends do. Well, thank you. All right. Are you ready for some raging and ranting? Yeah, because I was afraid I was going to have to take a shot of insulin after that. (laughs) Honestly. That's a little, yeah, but we're good. We got that. All right. No need for that anymore. Okay. All right. I got, I have so many things I want to talk about today. So So many. Many. You don't, so many. So many. Um, We're going to start with this. I, it is a simple question. What in the actual hell is the teachers union doing in Minneapolis public schools? Probably what? not educating. Have you heard this story? No. Go ahead and, and hit me with this. <clears throat> All right. I'm going to read the headline to you. The Minneapolis okay. public school is defending its agreement with the teachers union to lay off white instructors ahead of less senior minority faculty faculty saying the terms are needed to fix past discrimination. This agreement goes into effect in the spring and they are, they are literally going to lay off white teachers first. (laughs) Now, now let me get this straight. They they're doing this they're they're discriminating against anglo saxon american or or light skinned individuals they're discriminating against them to fix the issue of 
past discrimination. Yes. He, yeah. Okay. I, I just wanted to make certain that I, I understood that correctly. Yeah. So can we all agree <clears throat> that if you have a, if you're going to insert a race or a color, white or black, you're going to insert something into a policy or into a sentence or, you know, into a thought. If you just try it with every color or every race and for any of them, it seems racist. So if we said, as an example, Minneapolis Teachers Union decides to lay off Asian teachers first, we can we can agree that's racist as fuck, right? Yes. Yeah. In fact, there was a whole, uh, you know, campaign, media campaign about that. Yeah. Yes. So can we not agree that if you're going to call out any race or any color, if you feel the need to do that, try it with the other colors or races. And if you think at any point, hmm, this is a little racist, don't fucking do it. (laughs) All right. Can I, could I play devil's advocate just for a moment? I don't know how you're going to, but yes, please. Okay. So they they are in, enacting this policy because of discrimination against other colors, correct? That's what they're they're claiming. They're enacting it specifically because of discrimination against black teachers. Yes. Okay. Well, look at look at the color spectrum, Julie. Now I'm I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go into the mindset and the rationale here. When you look at colors, the color black is actually an absorption of all of the other colors into it that's what it is it absorb black is is an absorption of every other color and the reason white looks white is because it deflects all other colors there is it is it is devoid of color it it reflects them off and leaves just this that's what white is when you when you take a look at it from a scientific standpoint so if in in s you know if you're looking at the the spectrum white is always the color that doesn't want any of the other colors so ergo white is racist oh god <laughs> i well uh no nice try but <laughs> I just was, wanna... but no that's devil's advocate that's there that's, you go. So, that's a lot of the science that comes from so from you, that you, side you know literally in um the um the, the book, and I'm sure you didn't read this because who would read this fucking garbage? How to be an anti-racist, right? They literally say in that book, the only remedy to past, past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So they're, they're practicing two wrongs I, to, I, to make I, a right. Oh, wait, no, we can't be, we can't make a right because rights are, are discriminatory too, right? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I am getting very confused. Listen, I also want to say we both grew up in Minnesota. This right. is, in my opinion, one of the most disgusting things I've heard in a while. And I've heard a lot of disgusting things in the last two and a half years. This is terrible. And if I were a parent in the Minneapolis school district, I would pull my kids out of that fucking school so fast. You wouldn't even know what hit you. I mean, so fast. Like okay. there is no way I would educate my children in that school district. I mean, there's so many of of our longtime friends that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to recently that are like, nope, I'm out. See ya. I'm moving. I'm moving out. Yeah. And because it, it's not, it, it's not the Minneapolis that we grew up with. No, it's or not. That, you know, I, I was it's clubbing hurt. in and I mean, yeah, come on. 
It burned down. I mean, everything went to shit once Prince died. Let's be real. That's when it all changed. That's prompt. You know what? Yeah. This is Prince's fault. Yeah, yeah it all changed. Damn. All right. Rant number two. Okay. Huh. This one, I had not heard this until today. And I am, holy crap. Am I ready for this? Uh, I don't know if you are or not. 44% of pregnant women who participated in Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine drug trials miscarried. So they they had, of all the pregnant women that participated in the drug trials, 44% of them had miscarriages as a result of getting the vaccine. That just came out today. And still, still on the CDC's website, it says, direct quote, COVID-19 vaccination is recommended for all people six months and older. This includes people who are pregnant, breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant now, or might become pregnant in the future. But it does not reference anywhere that 44% of pregnant women who participated in the drug trial had a miscarriage. Well, that's because they recommend it because they're, you know, of course they're going to recommend it if they're trying to do population control. And I know I sound crazy and I know that sounds like a conspiracy. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, the IRS agents now are going to come arm knocking at my door (laughs) for saying all 87,000 of all 87,000 of them will will be uh, descending on me here in, in our homeowners association. That's crazy, right? Well, it sounds crazy until you look at the numbers you just quoted, that percentage, 44%. That's almost, that's almost half, Mm -hmm. half of, of, of all, I mean, now they're going to, they're going to make the argument that, oh, well, it isn't, you know, this was caused by this, this was caused by this, but there's a pattern there Mm -hmm. that they, they just. They want to ignore. They want to blatantly ignore. And, and you've, got, you've got the CDC directors and everyone else now coming out. I saw yesterday that they're, they're admitting they were wrong about the mm-hmm. six-foot stance. Uh, they're admitting they were wrong about the e- efficacy of boosters and, and this. And they're admitting they were wrong about the mandates. That's why they've pulled them back. Is there, like, but just this morning- so why- why are they not admitting they're wrong about this other than know. it's population control? Uh, yeah, there's money involved. But they also just saw this morning that two school districts in Philadelphia are reinstuting mask mandates. And they're going to get their asses sued because that's since the the federal government dropped that mandate, there's lawsuits. There's lawsuits coming everywhere for those that that enforce that that try to force this in california in yeah and wherever else we, and uh, i'd be first in line with we're that positioning our children so the fourth of july i had a conversation with this young lady she was probably i don't know she was maybe 13 right she was young okay and um she told me that um she still wears her mask to school every day because she's so uncomfortable around other people without masks on yeah, they've they've totally brainwashed our kids. Oh my god! But I, listen, I just it, it is. First off, just reminded me of something. I just heard a st- statistic yesterday um, on Andy Frasilla's podcast 
a recent podcast of his where he set they broke down the numbers for the eighty seven thousand um IRS agents that IRS are coming to my agent? door here in yeah. an hour or so. Well, yeah. Did you know that literally that um for those eighty seven thousand IRS agents to actually audit the middle class, they'd only have to do like twenty two audits a month. Yeah. Per agent. It's totally fucking feasible. Yes. Which is scary as fuck. Well, that's exactly why they would hire that many. This has nothing to do with tax the rich, everyone pay their fair share. It's 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 all about control Actually, and taking what, everything. You know what Andy thinks it's about? And he's he's pretty much Nostradamus at this point. Yeah, been, you know, he kind of is. He, he believes that the reason that the IRS is beefing up so much is because they are preparing for the American citizens to stop paying their taxes in, re, in revolt of what's happening in the country. Because the first thing that you do is you stop paying people when they are fucking up and that they he thinks that that's what they are preparing for. I would not disagree with that. I also have a couple of other theories that if you know, those kind of numbers in the DOD decide, yeah, we're not we're not playing with you. We're not doing this. They've got to have backup. This we are on the brink of a modern civil war. And it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I'm I'm watching, you know, people get more and more polarized. I'm I'm watching people beep up. I'm watching our government just go crazy and and painting. I mean, if you have a Gadsden flag, you're now a domestic terrorist. No, it's so crazy. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand what's happening other than we've lost our collective minds. And we are, I, I truly, Julie, I truly believe. And again, you know, I'm maybe I'm just the crazy conspiracy lady. And like I said, all 87,000 will be coming here in a minute. But I think we're on the brink of a civil war and I'm, so. I'm terrified for my kids. Mm. Uh, uh, something needs to give. All right. We have got to talk about Miracle Whip. <laughs> as, gotta, a, as a hair care product, you know, to add oils, you know, to, well, to split ends or. Yeah, listen, never mind that nobody should be eating Miracle Whip. It's not food. It's not. But our dear friend Lisa asked yeah. us to talk about Miracle Whip today. And not just some random conversation. <clears throat> she wants to talk about this really has to do with. All right. What is was originally dubbed the Inflation Reduction Act. But <laughs> thank you, mainstream media, for renaming it for us, because, you know, all those economists weighed in and said it's actually going to increase inflation. No shot of it fucking reducing it. No, all so, prices are going to go up. So they're not calling it the Inflation Reduction Act anymore. They are now calling it the Health and Green Bill, right? Why don't Why don't they just call it what it is? The pathway to socialism. <laughs> well, socialism doesn't really exist. Socialism is just a, a pit pit stop before you get to communism. Communism, right? exactly. Well, they're you calling know, it. Well, the they're refining yeah. everything anyway. So. They're calling it the Climate and Health Bill. Is what everyone in the mainstream media is now calling it. That is your first clue. That, that the economists and the right are absolutely correct. It does nothing for fucking inflation to reduce inflation. It actually, it helps inflation by raising it, right? So if you're a fan of inflation, congratulations. You, we are, we, we've, you are supporting it. Balloon industry, 
but should it likes in inflation, you know. Correct. So there you go. Back to Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. That miracle we, Whip. We're gonna need a Miracle Whip to get out of this situation. We right? really are. So Miracle Whip. Just two months ago, for a thirty-ounce jar, and this is at some, you know, I'm guessing she was at, you know, Coburn's in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Um, no, I think she was at Sam's Club, didn't she? No, say? no, she, she. Oh, this was no, okay. No, this was Coburn's. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, Two months ago, it was eight forty nine for thirty ounces, but now, and and a year ago, last summer it was two ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say even eight forty nine or yeah. whatever. It seems a little a little so two ninety nine a year ago, then eight forty nine, and yesterday Lisa went to the store, and a thirty ounce jar of Miracle Whip was ten forty nine. What the fuck? I'm sorry. I, and, we, and, and we have not seen the worst of it. We've not gotten to the worst. For Miracle Whip. And it's not even a real food. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason. Maybe. Well, I don't know. You like, look, I'll, I'll tell you. The other day I went to the I went to Wegmans and I bought just I just want meat, 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 meat. Like, yeah, I needed red meat. I have like a fuck ton of chicken in my I actually this. Yeah, you've not, got more chicken than not a paid ad, but I love good ranchers and I didn't have a subscription box of red meat coming for a while. So I went to buy some red meat at Wegmans. Okay. And I I bought a good amount of it, but like maybe let's say let's say 10 total like packages of meat, right? So some steaks and and it was all steaks. Yeah, good. Let's be fucking variety. Around. Yeah, okay. $249. I'm not surprised by that. $249 and I was like, "Oh my god. So how are and it's just me. It's just me in my house." How yeah. are people literally affording to feed their families at this point, Cheryl? I don't they're, understand it. They're not. I mean, if they're like me, I guess they're they're growing a bunch of their own stuff and they're they're making friends with with local farmers and ranchers. That's that's really all you can do and storing it in I mean, I've got four different chest freezers. Yeah. Full of stuff. Yeah. I have to. I I look like a crazy ass prepper. In right. fact, then, in my feed, it's it's all the Amazon ads. And it's all for like canned brown bread. And oh my God. So they're, li- you know, they're listening. They're li- oh, 100% they're listening. But also like, man, you're starting to normalize like crip- cricket protein in foods. Right. So Ew. it's kind of like, it's in foods already. You just like anything that's like, you know, not in my food. Yeah. If we see the word sustainable on a food, on a food packaging, look for cricket protein. All right. We have got to go to break. And when we come back, Cheryl is going to be interviewing me. You might want to stick around for this one. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Julie Traxler and your guest hostess with the most is Cheryl Devon. So, Julie, I hope you have strapped yourself in for this segment. <laughs> Um, because I'm going to take over now. I'm going to be the host and you're going to be my guest at this point. We are going to flip the script and we are going to reference episode that we talked about. What was it last week? I don't know. I was in Sturgis. And so God knows what, what happened there. Um, remember how we talked about the key to growth is in difficulty and in challenging ourselves that even even certain parts of the brain will not fire and develop until you put yourself in an uncomfortable difficult or challenging situation yes we're going to talk about yours and i think i think it's only fair that we clear up uh what is going on (laughs) yes yeah i i think by this time You've all figured out that uh, Corey is not here and Corey's not coming back. He's not dead, to be clear. He's, he is not. Well, no, not that I'm aware of, at least. Oh, me neither. I, I don't know. We, we have done nothing, but we don't know if anybody else has a vendetta. <laughs> we only speak for ourselves, people. Correct. So don't don't come knocking on our doors for that. Julie. I would like you to share the news and then we're going to, we're going to dig deep into how this affects everything. Okay. So just, just go ahead and, and share the brief news and we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. So um, Corey has made the decision to um, step out of um the radio show and um, our two businesses that we have together and our podcast together. Um, it, I, I probably should have been able to see it coming. Um, it was never the plan. So it caught me a little off guard. Um, it was, it was very abrupt um, when he, maybe it wasn't abrupt for him. It was abrupt for me um, getting the information. And um, I have known for, Three weeks, uh, three weeks today is when three weeks ago today is when he he told me and um, I have um, I think <laughs> I told a few people um, right away, but honestly didn't make the broader announcement until literally yesterday was the first time that I said it publicly. And I, I put it in, in a social media post because you know, we have clients and we, we were building um, two really big businesses together. So I felt like in order to make it a little bit more real for me, I had to tell people. So Corey will not be returning. 
Now, Corey has decided to follow his dream with the the restaurant industry. And I think I think you're you're absolutely correct when you said that it was abrupt for you, but probably not for him. I'm sure he he spent many, you know, days and and hours um, contemplating how, you know, how he was going to handle and juggle everything. But I think this is a a very important teaching moment for those that are in business and in your personal lives. I mean, Julie, explain how long you've known Corey and how you guys knew each other and got to the point of doing SB Pace and Certivium and the podcast, you know, your BizQuick podcast, and of course, Defeat the Chaos here. So we... um I I ran an, a mergers and acquisitions team for a um, company here in Richmond before I ever even lived in Richmond um, for Performance Food Group. And Corey worked at Performance and was going to lose his job. Um, they were transitioning out the team he was on. And so he interviewed with um, the, the team I was running. And um, I just I loved him immediately. I was like, he's he's amazing. Um, he can he's really an out of the box thinker. And um, he's very, you know, him. he's very reserved and um, he does not he does not have a big personality at all. And um, he just I don't know, there's something very appealing about um, the way he problem solves. And so he joined the team and we traveled together for a number of years. And, you know, he was always like my I would go out of my way to like share cars with him and hang out with him on, you know, um, uh, during the, during the week at nighttime, we would hang out and, and like, we'd find little secret bars and <laughs> that nobody else on the team knew about and go watch football and eat dinner and whatnot. And we just both kind of felt the same way about being around a lot of people. We hated it, I guess is the best way to say it. <laughs> I get people out really easily. Um, we realized that we both have a very strong affinity for grant gambling. Um, you know, we traveled all over together. We've been, you know, tons of places together for fun. And um, in January of 2020, I was actually going to move to um, the West Coast. I was going to move to Seattle because I had um, two brothers out in that area. And um, but I didn't I was really I was in Pennsylvania at the time around the Philly area and really unsure of what I wanted to do and had given my notice at uh, the apartment I was living in and knew I had to make a decision. And he called me and said, move to Richmond. The house across the street is for rent. Come here. And then I moved and literally the pandemic happened and we just decided, Hey, let's, let's start a business together. So we started a business and wrote the book and, and then everything just kind of happened from there. So for two years, literally from like March of 2022, March of 2022, Corey was, like 90% of my time was spent with court. So, and I think this happens a lot of time in business. You end up with, with somebody that you've got great chemistry with and you, you have a lot of, you share a lot of the same ideals and, and visions and philosophy with business. You, you merge it into, I mean, he, he's literally your best friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've, you've, you almost it, it's a it's a relationship almost a marriage of business and and friend it, it's a marriage of of certain proportion proportions mm -hmm. you blend you blend that personal and that professional together and and you plan for forever mm -hmm. it's it's what 
you know, a lot of people, when they go into business with a friend or a spouse or, or a family member, you plan for forever. But unfortunately, we, we know how relationships go and they don't always last forever. How do you, how do you cope with suddenly being basically a, a business widow? <laughs> um, damn it. <laughs> You've successfully made me cry. I'm sorry. Um, but I, it's so important because there's so many people that do this. And Julia, you, I, I think you are going to be instrumental and pivotal in helping so many people. So I, the, the, to me, I had to, you know, it was almost like two different paths, right? I've got the, um, the business piece of it and I've got the, the friendship piece of it, because to be clear, I've not spoken to Corey in almost two months, right? We, um, we had a falling out on the 4th of July. That is not the reason that he left the business, but I needed some space after that. And so I've not spoken to him. Um, in fact, and I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this to like, I'm, I don't, I will never ever shit on Corey and you know that, right? No, there's Um, no reason to. He told me over email. (laughs) So I got this news over email and you can imagine my response now every time I see his name on an email in my inbox. I have an anxiety attack because I don't know what's coming next. But um, I had to start working on, I had to make sure that the business was functioning. It took me two weeks to tell my team. I didn't tell our employees. I didn't tell our other business partner. We have another business partner in our second business. And I didn't, didn't tell them until two weeks later because I wanted to be able to tell them without breaking down. I was not successful, <laughs> right? I, I was not successful, but I first, I want first and foremost, wanted to make sure that our clients were okay and that our employees were being paid. And so that meant having to very much keep things moving forward with the business, regardless of how much I felt like not doing shit. Let's be very clear. I wanted to crawl into a hole. Well, it's, I mean, it's like a divorce. Yes. You have to protect your kids. You have to protect your family. You have to get things set up. And I think a lot of times in a, in a business, especially if you're a small business owner, you almost have to treat your clients and your employees like like you would your children right. in a divorce right so with and but at the same time you're you're going through all of this shock and this grief yeah how do you how do you balance how do you balance that so that you're taking care of yourself personally and professionally yeah so the, one of the the big things that um, I decided right away was really not to make any abrupt changes in the business. Right. So I was only recently, literally it was just yesterday that I took, um, his picture off of the homepage. Um, and now it's, you know, just a picture of me and, um, I've just slowly started to peel some of that stuff back, but, um, I'm not in, we've not had any conversations about how we will unwind things and remove him from the business. 
And I've not been in a big rush to do that because for the most part, you know, I am the customer facing piece of the business. And so most people know me and all the coaching right now has been done by me since the beginning of this year. So he really started to just be back office stuff for, you know, probably starting in like February or March. So that made it easier, right? Um, the podcast was a little tricky. I had to figure out what we we're going to do there. Like my immediate thing was I got to deal with the axe in my forehead, right? The axe in my forehead was the radio show. And that's where you came in to play very heavily and helped with that because we are, we are here. We have to do a show and then the show um, must go on. Yeah. And then the next thing was figuring out how to do the podcast. And we'd already decided together that for the summer we were going to do what would take biz quick, which was a 30 minute podcast released twice a week and turn it into biz quicker, a 10 minute podcast. So all of June and July had been recorded. I had to figure out August. And so I did the month of August on my own. And it turns out I'm actually pretty fucking good solo on a 10 minute podcast. So yesterday was my first recording of season four starts on September 4th, September 1st for biz quick. And so I recorded the first solo episode for season four. And I actually made the announcement on there that Corey will not be coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, dealing with the ax in the forehead and then I'll figure out the rest, you know, over time from the business perspective, the team was great. Um, you know, obviously their first concern was, you know, are things going to change? Are we still, are we still going to be in business? And we are. Um, and then, you know, the first words out of their mouth were, what do you need from us? Right. Which was great. So, um, but then on the emotional side, you know, the personal side, that's been the more difficult one to work through and deal with. In all honesty, that one has um, involved um, thankfully, like I'm doing 75 hearts. So there's no drinking right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pour a shot of bourbon for you, Julie. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, um, there I had to get a prescription for um some anti-anxiety medication because I started having really bad anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have been pretty much doing weekly therapy sessions with um my girl Heather, who you know I've known Heather since I was like twenty five, right? Uh, and um, she has been amazing, though for the most part we have stopped really talking about Corey. I can't change what's happened there. I can only focus on me. So I'm really just like, why am I so triggered by this? You know, how do I get through it? And um, really just, you know, a lot of like focusing on like, what do I need in this moment? What um haven't really leaned on a lot of friends because um, I don't, first off, I don't, I don't really like, to, I don't, well, I don't like most people. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, I, what happens when I talk about it with people is that people tend to, they want to bash Corey. It's their natural instinct. And that puts me in a position where I want to defend Corey because I, you know, I still, you know, I care about him deeply and I don't want to defend Corey. I defending Corey right now is exhausting. And, um, you know, when I talk about it with Heather, what Heather said to me is this. Right now, he is a disappointment. 
And it's true. Like he, mm-hmm. he left me high and dry, no transition plan, no nothing, no conversation, but I don't think he did it out of malice. I think he did it because he didn't know else how else to do it. It he was did it out of fear. Yes. And so I don't want to, de- I don't want to be in a position where I have to defend him. But if somebody says something negative about him, I'm going to defend him. So when people start to, if they go down that path, I typically just ask them to stop. Like, please don't. Well, it's, it's not, it's not conducive to improving your mental health personally, and it's not conducive to sustaining the business and bettering the business. It's not business as usual anymore. It's business, but better. Yeah. And I think, I think what I'm hearing from you, Julie, if you were going to give advice as you're going through it to other business owners that may be going through a similar situation, it's you're stronger than you think. Lean on a support system. Take care of your babies, your employees, your clients, the business in general. And, you know, it it is going to be better. It is better. You can do this. You can do this. Yeah. What, um, What else would you recommend to somebody else who's going through this? Well, the first thing I would say is like, look, when you find yourself in a situation like this and it will feel like a mental health crisis, it will. And I literally, that was the text that I sent to Heather was, I need an appointment. I am having a mental health crisis. And I just was brutally aware that despite all of the experiences and things that I have been through in my life, I've not been through this before. So I was like, I need some expert help. Just put some guardrails down for me. So that's the first thing that I would say is that you have like being open to that, recognizing what it is. And it's not, it's in many ways. And I think you said this to me, Cheryl, it is like a death where the person didn't die. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, there were all these things that he did in the business and now I mean, they weren't unimportant things. So now someone else has to do them, right? And that someone else in general is probably me. It is you. Yeah. And the, the beauty of it is you can do it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like coming in uh, after this next break. Julie, you want to take us out? Uh, yeah. So let's take a quick break and um, we will be back to talk more about Julie's feelings. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time.
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. And welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. This is Cheryl Devon, guest co-host, along with our favorite, favorite host, the one and only Julie Traxler. And we're going to continue on with the discussion. Uh, the news has dropped. There is no more mystery. If you were speculating and developing conspiracy theories about what possibly happened to Corey, no, no. We did not duct tape him and put him in my basement. So the 87,000 IRS agents that are converging on my property right now, no, Corey is fine. You can find him at his restaurant probably. So uh, Julie shared with us here that uh, that Corey has, has decided to move on from uh, SP Pay's Certivium, Defeat the Chaos, BizQuick Podcast, all the things that made the two of you business owners. He has moved on. And what we're looking at with this is as a business owner, how do you, how do you handle basically the situation you never planned for? It was never part of your business plan. Uh, You, you mentioned in this last segment that you were the face of the business. You were the one that that dealt with most of the coaching issues, that you dealt with uh, the social media. You you all over. I mean, you are literally everywhere with people, even though you claim you don't like people. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you feel, I mean, you know Corey better than anybody. Do you feel that there was maybe some intimidation or or anything because because you you are the business that that played into his head that he was maybe in a secondary role no i don't think he um, he has no desire to be in the spotlight um a lot of the stuff that he did putting himself in the spotlight for sp pace and certivium uh he did simply because you know i asked him to do it because Mm -hmm. he knew that it would help with business but i don't he is absolutely, I mean, if he's got resentment towards me, it's not over the business. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. All right. Sure. All right. Um, so, because I know that's a lot of times that we start to question ourselves and, and say, well, is it because I did this? Is it because I did that? And I think that's the wrong direction to go. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. There's nothing. I, I just, I don't think he had the capacity. It's kind of funny because one of the first people that I had um, shared with what was going on with um, said to me, you know, if you, and this is before he, you know, sent the email saying he wanted out of the business, they suggested that I ask him if he wanted out of the business, that that would probably be a relief to him. And I can remember my response was, um, 
I'm not interested in making things easier for Corey. I'm not trying to make things harder, but I'm. Yeah, I know who you had that conversation with. I'm trying to make (laughs) things more sustainable for me, right? Like, like, like I've spent a lifetime of trying to make things easier for other people. And that's not like right now, my top priority is me and my team. And so if he wants out of the business, he's going to have to say those words. And he did. It took him a while to get there, but he said it. And that was, you know, I'm like, okay. And and I I think what you just touched on is is really leading me into the next question. Do you think looking back at it, at the whole thing, was this more your dream and he was there to support your dream? Or was it both your dreams? Because I know, I know the restaurant is something from the moment I met him that he talked about. Do you think maybe sometimes we get into a partnership and, and it's one person's dream and the other person just wants it so badly for the other person that it becomes their dream too? And, and maybe later on they discover, well, no, that, that isn't my dream. I think it was a good filler for him. Um, I don't, I think he, I think he enjoyed it, enjoyed the work. Um, he's really good at it. The restaurant has always been his dream, right? So that's, that's always, will always be number one, right? The, the fact that the pandemic happened and delayed his dream, this, you know, SB pace became a good filler. And I think, you know, there's a lot of frustration because, It took us, you know, it was a year before we were really making any type of revenue, any consistent revenue. So when you are, you know, starting a business and there is really no money coming in, it's, it's stressful as fuck, right? If you don't, and he, you know, you're in the trenches together. Yeah. And, um, so I think, I, I think he wanted it to be successful. I think he still is like, I really hope they are successful. Oh, I believe that. He doesn't want it to fail, but I think it was. You know, initially when we talked about, you know, the restaurant and kind of the plan had always been that he would always remain in some shape or fashion part of SB Pace and Certivium. And he would be, you know, behind the scenes and maybe it was only like 20% of his time dedicated. I think, you know, the labor shortage and the, you know, all of the, you know, he, he's sort of living, if I understand it correctly. I don't know because I haven't talked to him, but I do hear things because oddly enough, he's a client for Certivium, right? We manage his right. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, he's sort of living in this, um, oh, if anything that can go wrong will go wrong world right now, right? So things are, things are breaking. Things are not great. Like people are resigning. Right. We've got some right. things going on. And um, I think, so his entire life savings is tied up in that restaurant. So his entire life savings is not tied up in our businesses. They're tied up yeah. in the restaurant. And so that has to be his first priority. I also think he greatly enjoys feeling like he's back in college again. Ah, uh, well, you know, and that that's the the aspect that I think a lot of times when we go into business with someone else, we don't, we don't realize that the other person, I mean, we, we, we think we realize it, but we think that other person is going to think 
and prioritize exactly the way we do. And it doesn't matter how well you know the person, they're still a different, different person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he, maybe he's just, you know, I'm just, I'm speculating. He was overwhelmed with, with his dream. He didn't want to have to look at you. It, it, it comes down to the pursuit of, of comfort that we've talked about. Didn't want to have to look you in the eye when he told you this wasn't his dream. I, I think he's always been really clear that, you know, this, that the restaurant was his dream, that the SB Pace wasn't his dream. I think we didn't, the ending didn't happen the way that both of us had envisioned. I didn't think it was going to end. I thought he would always be to some degree involved on, on the, in the back office. Um, but I don't, you know, I just, I, I think that the pressure just mounted too much. And, um, you know, someone, I probably Heather said to me that she really truly believed that he just couldn't take seeing the disappointment in my eyes anymore. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm thinking. So now let's transition away from Corey because he is, he is the past with the business. Yeah. And let's look at the present and the future. Yeah. So in, I was, you know, I was in a conversation with you when it happened in the past three weeks, what significant things have you learned about yourself personally and professionally? Ooh. So, um, coming in with the heavy questions from uh, professionally, I have learned that, I can do this. Um, I think, you know, initially there was a lot of fear on my part. I told myself a lot of stories about, you know, like I went through the, what if I never sell another thing in my life, even though I'm the only person who's ever done sales for the business. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, I told myself there's a lot of stories, storytelling happening in my head. And I had to like really unravel and like, why, where's this fear coming from? Um, why am I feeling this way? And, and realize like, this is, you know, I'm going to be just fine, right? Sales will happen the way that they've always happened and I will, it will be just fine. Um, so I've kind of moved past that now. And I'm like, even if there is still a little bit of fear and trepidation there, the reality is I've got to just, I, I got to keep moving. I got to keep pushing forward. Um, personally, um, I, well, I have learned that I have built a great, great, great fucking network. I have, like a really good support system um, and that I can lean on that support system if I, when I need to, not if, when I need to. And I have learned that um, Klonopin is fucking great for anxiety attacks, oh, right? So um, hot yoga, the hot yoga, there is no shame in like prioritizing your mental health to get through something. No shame. Prioritize yourself. I yeah. mean, you're you're the only one that's left now. Yeah. You're and you have everyone to take care of. So with that, let's transition to top three things that you would recommend to a small business owner to prepare for a breakup of a partnership. Well, the first thing is when you are have an operating agreement, right? And if you if you are in business with a friend um or a spouse or you know, a significant other 
get an operating agreement, regardless of what stage you are in your business, it's not too late. Get an operating agreement, get stuff on paper. Do not think this can't happen to you. We have an operating agreement, so we're we're good. Um, so have an operating agreement. I would say really understand, like if you're a small business, understand what your business partner does. Like what do they do in the day to day so that if you need to do it, you can do it and have their have the passwords. Like you need to have <laughs> passwords for everything, right? So call. um and I, here the biggest thing is this. It's a lot easier if you can do it, if you can end a business partnership without animosity and anger, it is a lot easier. There is no reason to get pissed off and angry at somebody because they want to go pursue a dream that is different than yours. And that is ultimately what's happened here. His dream is different than mine. And he is pursuing that dream. And I would never want anybody to step on me and say that I wasn't allowed to go follow my dreams. I'm not ever going to do that to somebody else. And this is what he wants to do. And I am, he will be wildly successful. He is a great restaurant owner. He's amazing at it. He'll be really great at it. And I wish him nothing but success. He's going to be the Captain Jack of fish tacos. You know, he is. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, no. a weird, that's a weird thing for me to say, but in, but in my way, that's, that's given him a badge of honor. He's going to be good. He, he, he yeah. will. He really will. And I, ho I hope he has, you know, a stable of um, restaurants under, under his belt and that he just grows and grows and grows and that he, that it's everything that he hoped it would be. But more importantly now, yeah. what's to come for you with SB Pace, with Certivium, with Defeat the Chaos, with Biz Quick, Quicker, Quickie, all well, of I'm I'm really hoping that uh, you will continue to join me as a co-host here on <laughs> Defeat the Chaos. <laughs> well, okay. Um, that came out of nowhere, but yeah, you make it easy. Um, you make it easy. We got great chemistry together. It's fun. And, uh, you know, I think I'll stick around for a while. Awesome. I'll, I'll go on record. I will stick around for a while. Perfect. Um, biz quick. Um, we are coming out with biz quickie, the most fun you can have <laughs> minutes. So biz quickie drops on September 1st and we'll do a, a variety of biz quick, biz quicker and biz quickie. Um, SB Pace and Certivium, we're starting to streamline some services that we're offering. We're going to get a lot more focused. Um, I have hired a great company to help um, with some tactical, ta some strategy and some tactical implementation. And you're going to see that we're going to become a lot more efficient and a lot better at serving our clients. Business, not as usual, business, but better. Yes, exactly. So, Julie, want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to flip the script on you. And for being so vulnerable and strong and sharing today. Now, finish strong. Let's take it out of this bad boy. All right. Well, we are so glad that you tuned in today. This was an interesting show. And I really appreciate you asking the hard questions. Don't buy Miracle Whip. Don't buy Miracle Whip, people. It's not an actual food. It's not food. It's not food. And if you have your kids in the Minneapolis School District, get them the fuck out. I Thanks. think that's a good way to end. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Defeat the Chaos. We'll see you next Thursday.